So I think it's cool to see him kind of start all the way, you know, at the bottom of the ladder, and and we'll see, you know, if he can build himself up to uh, to a power five level at some point. But I think it's a really good look, um, especially it being an HBCU as well. Uh, he's going to be able to draw some kids in, and and who knows, he might be able to, you know, surprise us with who he gets in. Well, just off of that, like kind of like that strength of his name alone. I know you saw the video of him pulling into the press conference. Mm. My man Dion, like the president. Oh my God, in. man! Um, yeah, like it, was true definitely, uh, it was definitely uh, boisterous. Yeah, but, he, uh, yeah. Definitely let it known he was there. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of classic prime time, man. For sure, man. I mean. Jackson State, this is what they signed up for. Um, I think it's going to be great, man. Uh, you know, hopefully he can get some some really good football minds in there with him to help him, you know, ease into this transition of being a head coach, a.k.a., you know, like a CEO, you know what I mean? So hopefully he can get some some good tactical minds around him and, and then get some dubs. Well, I saw, like, I mean, the same day that he had his press conference, he also offered his first five-star. I did not know that. Yeah, so he made an offer to Mason Smith. Oh wow! Yeah, he's from he's from Louisiana. I was uh, gonna say actually, he's a Louisiana kid. Yeah, he's a he's a big time LSU target. So yeah, I mean Prime's not gonna make it happen with that one. But shout out to Prime for the for the offer. I'm sure. Well, I, I'm gonna read a quote from Smith. So like he 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 was asked about this, um, yeah. and he, he kind of asked like what that conversation was about. Um, and they asked him if, um, you know, he basically he told him they, uh, you know, Dion was trying to tell him how he wanted to change things. Um, so to do that, they had to take hard hits and try to start getting quality four and five star dudes. And then, um, the quote is, you know, as far as like the Sanders have a chance to do that, this is from Mason Smith himself. He said, yes, sir. 100%. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, you know, I'm sure he has a lot of respect. For for Dion and you know what he what he can establish there and what he's got going. Uh you don't think I, he's going? No, 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 no. I think he's going to LSU. Uh yeah, I I I I got uh I got a pretty good uh pretty good inclination to think that uh Mason Smith and maybe another big dog are gonna end up at at, at LSU. Um but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it is recruiting. Graduate things will happen, you know, but uh, I like where things stand on that front at the moment. I don't think this is crystal ball. but Well, yeah, it is. Crystal ball has LSU 100% on landing him. So, I mean, 
nobody else is really even on the board right now. I mean, he's got, you know, your Bama, your Florida, your Georgia offer. So we just got to kind of see how that plays out because he's class of 2021. And a lot of those kids are now starting to kind of make those decisions as far as where they want to go, you know, starting usually around the summertime of, of going into their senior year of football and then transitioning all the way up until signing day later uh, in the uh, winter. Um, But uh, Malone, here we are. I mean, this is free tuition. So this is episode three of the year. um, And it's the week of the SEC football returning. So we're going to cover a lot of SEC football later. I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah, man. Um, You know, we got a lot on our plate uh, this, this episode and, you know, I'm ready to dive into it. Um, definitely happy about, uh, you know, in my opinion, the the best conference in, in college football on the way um, on the way back this Saturday. So that's going to be great to see. And, um, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing a couple of teams. Yeah, definitely some that are going to jump right out the gate. I mean, we're going to have some games. We'll kind of go down the first week of games a little later on. But before we transition into the SEC, you know, I want to stick with some of the other Power 5 schools and and kind of talk about what's been going on amongst the league out there. And one of the bigger stories that came out uh, this past week was with uh, FSU coach uh, Mike Norvell uh, when he tested positive for COVID-19. Um, despite him testing positive, the team is actually still going to play Miami this weekend uh but obviously he will not be there to coach the team um i know one of the assistants will end up uh, being the uh, interim for that game but how do you think this plays out? i mean fsu i mean the the luck that they've had and just for something like this to happen has got to be you know devastating for the team yeah no it's um it's a pretty rough start to the mike norville era um you know team's not playing that great uh and now for him to have COVID and to have to miss this rivalry game um, in his debut season is just not a good look. And I'm sure he's not happy about it or the players. And uh, to be frank, um, the way with the way De'Aaron King is playing, I don't really give them too much of a chance in this football game. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no, with De'Aaron King, uh, I mean, he's definitely just one of those high level guys. I mean, he's kind of going into the season already just you know kind of dominant like i mean he's going to be somebody at the towards the end of the year that uh at some point in the season we're going to throw him in i think to the heisman conversation um he's just taking you know the ability that he showed at houston and bringing it over uh to a you know high profile school like miami yeah for sure if he continues on this pace and miami obviously continues to get dubs uh yeah we're, we're gonna be we're not gonna have any choice um Plus, uh, you know, uh, the college football world is, I feel, you know, ready for, for the U to be back. I mean, um, you know, the the college football landscape is great when Miami and USC are both good as well, along with these, all these other big-time programs. So when those two are in the mix, it's always great. Yeah, for this week, uh, you know, the game is at Miami. Um, the line right now is Miami is an 11-point favorite. Wow. Moan, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like this is easy money. I mean, you got to go with Miami and the points. Yeah, um, I'm they're definitely going to co- go gonna cover Miami, that. Miami and the points. Yeah, on that one, uh, you know, and just going back to King, uh, his first uh, his first Florida rivalry. Um, he, he's going to have a point to prove. He's going to come out there, I'm sure, and try try to bury those guys. So, should be a fun matchup. Yeah, he's absolutely ready. So, uh, I mean, definitely going to be an onslaught. And I hate it for Florida State because they just, you know, 
things just keep getting worse and worse uh, over there. I mean, it, it just it kind of just feels like an onslaught of bad luck that they've uh, had over the last few years. And hopefully things turn around. But at the same time, I don't know how much better things can get when you're starting quarterback uh, is James Blackman. Um, I, I, I don't like him as far as like his skill set. Like, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a quarterback to me. He's not very good. Uh, yeah, no, um, um, Blackman, he's, uh, he's had ample opportunity, ample time to, you know, show what he's got and he, he hasn't, there's been no development there. Um, you know, I, I got a buddy who's a big time Florida state fan and, you know, he's, he gave up on him last week. Um, so it, it, I, I don't know how much more else we need to see from James Blackman for, for anybody else to understand that. He's not the answer for Florida State or the future, bro. I, I thought I thought you were getting ready to say that he gave up on him last year. Like it kind of shot me when you said last week. I, I I he's been there. He's been a starting quarterback. I think this is his third season now. It um, is. It is. Yeah. Ever since uh, you know the whole uh, Francois fiasco where he got hurt and then he got kicked off the team. Um, right. So he's been there a long time, and so it's kind of shocking that he waited until this long to give up on him. Um, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just not a good quarterback. And uh, I think that's where you're going to have to make the first change as far as moving in the right direction is you got to bench the kid. Um, You got other talent over there, put somebody else in because he's not the answer. Um, But until then, you know, and I, and hope, you know, it's going to be a blowout this week. They have some other opportunities throughout the season to kind of bounce back. Um, you know, looking at their schedule here, uh, they, now they have a couple of weeks here. They play Notre Dame on the road, but they have a tune up okay. with Jacksonville state, you know, next week to kind of prepare. Um, so you have that opportunity right. to, you know, kind of thrash out on somebody, kind of get, you know, kind of get going and then do something at Notre Dame. But at the same time, you got to put, again, in my opinion, you got to put somebody else in. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure on who uh, who their backup quarterback is at this very moment. But, um, yeah, at some point, if things continue, I'm, I'm sure a change may have to happen. Plus, uh, you know, Mike Norville is coming in. He's a new, new coach, fresh coach. He didn't recruit any of these guys. So I, I'm not sure how uh, – how deep his loyalty is to to the quarterback situation that he has. Yeah. And back up behind him is Jordan Travis. Uh, he's a sophomore dual threat guy. Um, so, I mean, you don't have a whole lot of experience back there, but I mean, you got to kind of, sometimes I feel like you just got to make it, make a change just to freshen things up. Like try something new, you know, and if it don't work, put Blackman back out there. I mean, you know, but I think for right now, you got to try something new because right now what you're doing just ain't working. Prayers up to to Coach Mike Norville and uh, hope he overcomes uh, his his uh, his illness with COVID-19. Um, in the meantime, his team is going to be getting slaughtered down in Miami. These things happen. So it, with the ACC, um, you know, kind of a slow week uh, this past week. Things are going to start kind of ramping up here. Uh, but really, you know, just to kind of take a break. I mean, we've been talking so much ACC over the last couple of weeks. Uh, same thing with the Big 12, um, that now that we have 
a schedule for the Big Ten. I kind of wanted to do a deep dive in here um, on this with you, Malone. So uh, obviously, they Big Ten announced the schedule for the season uh, as of this past. I believe it was Monday that they released the schedule. And so now that we have it in front of us and we know who's going to be playing who. So obviously one biggest thing that popped out in front of me, of course, was that we will get to see Ohio State and Michigan play in the final game of the season, uh, December 12th uh, for, you know, of course, their rivalry game. But no bye weeks. Um, that was one thing that stood out to me. Um, and then one team that I think could possibly be a sleeper in the league. Uh, and, and I'm going to double back around to that. I want to get your initial thoughts on the, uh, on the actual schedule here. Um, I think, uh, I think the schedule, you know, is good. Uh, I think, um, I think we're not seeing that, that bye week because it's only the eight games. They're going to let them just kind of just run it and, you know, kind of stay on, on course as much as possible up with, uh, you know the timeline that we have originally for everyone else in the, in the in the playoff and the the bowl games and so on and so forth. But uh, out the gate, man, uh, October twenty fourth, we got uh, uh, Minnesota versus Michigan um, in the first week. Big um, game. That's that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a test for you know both teams, uh, both returning you know quarterbacks here. You got Dylan McCaffrey, um, you know, getting a shot out here, and 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 then you have. Uh, Morgan Tanner on the other side from Minnesota, who had a pretty decent year last year in Minnesota as a surprise team. And, you know, we're going to see what happens. Um, it should be a good match, uh, especially for the first week. And like you mentioned, um, you know, that last that last game of the season for them, we had Michigan and at Ohio State, uh, obviously predicting another Ohio State dub here. But, you know, it's good that they're keeping the tradition alive with how they do doing the schedule. Um, some other notable ones that I saw throughout that schedule were Ohio State at Penn State and Wisconsin at Michigan. Um, you know, I'm 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 looking forward to uh, both of those games as well through those eight game stretch that they have here. So that's a huge week too. Um, uh, obviously, like you alluded to, Ohio State at Penn State. Um, which is, I mean, you got Nebraska week one and then you go directly to Penn state. So that's a, that's a pretty nasty, you know, first two games for Ohio state. I mean, obviously I think they're going to overcome, but you know, and and from there it's going to be a cakewalk. I mean, you know, Rutgers, Maryland, um, you know, so on and so forth. But uh, then you have, like you mentioned, um, I believe you said was it Michigan State, Michigan that you had there? Um, Wisconsin at Michigan. Oh, that's um, right, that's right. Which is also going to be a great game too. I'm I'm looking directly at that week two here. Uh, still, oh, my so. bad, my bad. Yeah, I'm no, on, no, 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 no. You're good. Um, but I think that that's a pretty interesting, like just you know, two games right out the bat for uh, for the Big Ten in the same week, uh, Michigan, and Michigan State, and then of course Ohio State at. Penn State, but one thing I was going to mention is uh, kind of going back to who you were just talking about. So Wisconsin, looking at their schedule from top to bottom, you know they they play their their six uh, games in the division, and then you got two teams from the East, and the teams they play in the East are going to be at Michigan, which you mentioned. Um, that's really their test of the year at Michigan. I mean, I don't know. 
if you really call it a test. But I mean, then you got uh, their other East game is um, you know Indiana, and so looking at I mean, that, Michigan at home, Michigan at home is sneaky. I mean, not Michigan, uh, Minnesota at home for them is sneaky. Minnesota at home is sneaky, but but it is at home. Um, right. And we know what Wisconsin is capable of. So when I looked at their schedule in particular, like kind of up and down, they have a schedule that's built for them to possibly make a run and meet Ohio State in that championship game. Um, so they're a team I'm actually interested to watch out for. I'm really interested to see what Wisconsin can do with that schedule that they have there. Yeah, you know, uh, Wisconsin, um, year in, year out, you know, um, new year, new running back out here making it happen. This year it's going to be Garrett Groshek, the redshirt senior. Um, I, You know, I'm right there with you. Uh, they got a favorable schedule. Um, they're always kind of right there in the mix every single year, but they always kind of have that one game they lose where they're like, Wisconsin lost to who? You know what I mean? So, right. Um, they just kind of have to, you know, do their best to not have the, that kind of blip in the schedule here, um, especially with being reduced to the eight games. So um, we'll see what they can do. But as long as they have that strong run game, like we know that they can, you know, produce, um, they, they got a chance. So as far as right now, um, the Big Ten is set to have their championship game December 19th. And so, like you mentioned, I mean, this kind of sets up nicely. Like now, I mean, I feel like now Pac-12, like it's pretty much a wrap. You know, Pac-12, you know, they may as well pack their bags and not even join. Because if they haven't made an announcement yet, like if they were to make the announcement today, they'd have to start Halloween weekend. And even right. then, if you have like a an eight-game schedule, that's going to put you still a week behind. And then the playoff may not move for you. Or if they don't move for you and you get a team in, they're going to be tired. Um, so it's, you know, now that we have the Big Ten schedule and what they're doing, that, that's still going to fit nicely for them to get a team into the playoff and at least have a couple of weeks off before they have to play somewhat. Uh, but does this put any pressure on the Pac-12 to like, if they're going to do this, they got to make a decision to do it like yesterday. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think they might be cooked. Um, cause it, we haven't even heard anything. Cause even before the Pac-12 announced that they were coming back, there were rumors about them being an announcement of, you know, them having to come back or them having a vote and so on and so forth. Like we haven't even heard anything about the PAC 12, you know, we haven't heard anything. It's, it's, it's quiet as a, as a church mouse over there. Um, so I, I'm not anticipating, um, you know, that conference to play football this season, unfortunately, because I, 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 man, I love the PAC 12 and those teams over there. Um, you know, a lot of classic teams, but yeah, it doesn't like it's happening for us. It's a shame, man, because there's just so many teams that I would like to see make a run uh, that we won't get to see this year. But at the same time, I mean, over the last couple of years, they've been left out of the playoff anyway. So things may have shooken up this way regardless. Um, so at least we get the Big 12 or not the Big 12, the Big 10, because, of course, we'll have that Ohio State factor. I mean, I think they're they're pretty much solidified by us and by the rest of the college football world that they're going to run the table. I mean, I know they have the Penn state game week two for them. Uh, and then of course Michigan at the end of the year, but 
at the end of the day, I mean, they just have too much talent. And now that they have, um, you know, Wade uh, and uh, and what's the other kid's name coming back? Um, what at? Uh, Wyatt. What at Ohio State? Yeah, yeah. Oh, both those guys are opting back in? Uh, yeah. So Sean Wade, they both opted back in the same day. It was like a day or two after the big 10, uh, announced they were, they, uh, you know, announced they were coming back and kind of when everything was starting. So they opted back in. So on top of, you know, who we thought they were going to have last week, now they get these two guys back too. Yeah. You know, just, uh, stacked already adding back to, you know, just just a stacked roster, man. Just a stacked roster all around. Um, you know, I I truly kind of expect these guys to roll through that through that eight games. So we'll definitely see them in the championship. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out here now. I think you know, kind of alluding to what I mentioned with the schedule, uh, I think Wisconsin's gonna meet them on the other side. Although I do like Minnesota. Um, you know, kind of what we uh, have talked about here with the you know them keeping. Uh, you know, bringing back their quarterback and uh, the head coach they have over there. I mean, they're just one of those teams that uh, can really kind of sneak up and surprise. I'm not really ready to put Nebraska back into the conversation yet, although I do like uh, – what's the guy's name over there? Is it Scott Frost? Is that who they have? Scott Frost, yeah. yeah. Nebraska uh, – I, I respect Scott Frost and, you know, what he's trying to do, but I, I got to see it first, man. Exactly. And so I'm not ready to put them back into the conversation yet. You got other teams that sneak up like Iowa um, that kind of come and go. But I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think this year though, um, you definitely see Ohio state representing the East. And I think just with that schedule, they have Wisconsin's going to meet them in the West. Maybe as a one loss, maybe undefeated. Um, I don't foresee them being too lost, though, at least not being too lost and them uh, making it all the way. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, definitely think Ohio State is going to carry the crown um, of the Big Ten. And so as we kind of wrap up the the first segment here, Malone, getting ready to take a a quick break. Uh, So we've kind of basically coronated the champions of the Big 12 the uh, ACC and now the Big Ten uh, with o- uh, Oklahoma, Clemson, and now Ohio State. But when we come back, we are going to talk about the league that, to be quite honest, I don't think any of us know who's going to win this league. Um, and uh, that's going to be the SEC. So stick around. This is free tuition, and uh, we'll be right back. Yo, this is Juan from Jacksonville. I think I'm going to go with Florida. Uh, I think they've been slowly improving under Dan Mullen. I think this year they jump UGA. Uh, they head to the SEC uh, championship and they take down Bama. Thanks for taking my call, man. Peace. Georgia. Georgia, go dog. I just got two words for you, buddy. Roll Tide. Hey, free tuition. This is Dan. Um, I got Florida winning the SEC this year, and I got that just because we're coming behind a uh, experienced quarterback and Kyle. All the other SEC teams, SEC teams have uh, lost their quarterbacks this year to the draft, so I feel like we have experience at quarterback. Also, I feel we have a good defense coming back in. I feel like we have a really good shot at coming back in and winning the SEC. Uh, just tell me what you think. 
I got Bama winning it all this year. What's up, guys? First time caller, long time listener. This is your boy, D. This is a pretty easy question for me. Um, the Tide will roll and win the SEC. Got a lot of firepower coming back, pretty usual. Um, the rich get richer. Um, they can make plays, defensively better, and uh, offense. Uh, offense will make plays. And uh, then we'll uh, eventually hit their stride and we're going to mash at the right time. And, Give it to uh, Scott's Clemson Tigers at the end of the year. But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Tide won't win the SEC. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. That'll be good. I got LSU. Let's roll. Yo, what's up? This chair here. So, look. LSU's going to have a new quarterback. Alabama's going to have a new quarterback. Georgia's going to have a new quarterback. Florida's going to have... Trask, but I will say that I want to go with either I think I like Mac Jones. I think I like Mac Jones. I think he's probably a little bit better than Miles Brennan will be with LSU, and uh, I'm thinking Bama may get it. So, uh, yeah, Bama. A little bit of everything there. Yeah. We got LSU, we got a Bama, we got Georgia, we got Florida. So it's exciting. Um, so one of the things that I'm really most interested in this year is that, I mean, I, the three t- top teams, I mean, we can all pretty much agree on is Alabama, um, Georgia, and LSU. No particular order. Um, so each team is going to have a new starting quarterback. Um, LSU and Bama both announced their starting quarterbacks. LSU really isn't a surprise to us. If you've been listening to Free Tuition, you know that Miles Brennan is going to be the starting quarterback at LSU. You've known it for some time. Um, Alabama with a little bit of a surprise decision. I mean, uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Mac Jones getting the starting job. Uh, he's a, you know obviously a redshirt junior. He did okay as far as being kind of like that game manager type of quarterback last year when Tua uh, was out for a few games. Um, But in all honesty, if I'm really, really, really being honest right now, I can't believe that Bryce Young isn't going to be the starter at uh, Alabama. Uh, I think this is a classic case of um, seniority. uh, Seniority. And I I think we see something kind of like what happened with Tua. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, remember Tua, his freshman year breaking out because of, you know, he won that game against Georgia in that championship, which is, is quite true. But he played that whole season. And, you know, and, you know, he had he had packages. He has five duty. You know, he played. And I think that's the same thing we see from Bryce Young this year. And, um, you know, if he plays well enough in those spots to where it's like, okay, you know, we got to play this kid, I, I think Nick will do it. Um, but, I, you know, I don't think he was ever going to give it to him off the gate. Uh, just, you know, just rolling out. And not to mention we didn't get spring ball this year like we usually do um, and, and real summer workouts. So um, maybe he just didn't have a chance to to prove he, you know, could be the man for the job out the gate as well. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too surprised. Absolutely. And then the third team, I mean, of course, being uh, Georgia, which they haven't announced their starter but i know i mean obviously like we mentioned last week uh, malone dropped that bombshell of dewan mathis uh being named the starter for georgia they haven't actually announced it uh you know from the team themselves but there's a lot of talk within that 
uh, that Georgia community that he is going to be QB one uh, going into this first matchup, which is kind of surprising. Cause I mean, like we mentioned, we, you know, we thought that the whole uh, Jamie Newman thing was kind of lining up for JT Daniels to be the starter, but here we are. Um, Dewan Mathis getting ready to start at the university of Georgia. How does this bode for them as far as what's going to happen? Not just this upcoming week, but for the season. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think uh, out the gate, this is, you know, just initially, it's going to require Georgia to lean a lot on their run game just to kind of ease Mathis into this season and into his role as a starter for a primetime school like Georgia. Um, It's not going to be easy task for him. Um, So, yeah, I think they're going to depend on that run game and that defense to kind of lead the way at least till, you know, he can get his feet under him. And Georgia does return, um, you know, an elite, elite uh, running back um, uh, that they have back there. Um, in, uh, in I really like, uh, well, I really like Brian Harrion, um, but uh, I mean, who I really, really am a big fan of, of course, is, uh, you know, obviously five-star recruit Zamir White, who came in, I believe, last year. Um, who do you think ends up getting the uh, the nod as far as like the, share of touches within that Georgia running back core? Uh, I think Zamir White is <clears throat> who ultimately uh, is is the man. Um, you know, I, I think both those guys get touches, obviously. Uh, but I, I think White is the one who's going to end up, you know, barring injury. He's he's, been, he's had a little bit of trouble staying healthy here. Uh, but barring, barring injury, he's, you know, I think he'll be the man. Anything can be better at quarterback than what they had in the past few years with uh, Jake Fromm. So I expect Dewan Mathis. I mean, this is a, a team that I mentioned in week one of the season that I believed has the uh, capability not only to win the East, but possibly win the league and uh, make a college football playoff. It's all going to depend on that quarterback play because we know they have the talent everywhere else. They have the depth. Um, they have the, you know, obviously Kirby Smart is a defensive minded coach. So they have the defense. It's going to come down to quarterback play for them as far as, you know, Dewan Mathis is going to take you as far as you're going to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, because, you know, at some point, especially the with the stiffer competition, uh, they're, they're going to make they're going to make Dewan Mathis have have to beat them. You know what I mean? So um, it's the SEC, man. At some point, you're you're going to have to. You're going to have to put up or shut up. So his time will come, um, and, you know, we'll see what he does in this moment. Absolutely. So uh, before we continue on with talking about long-term SEC play, um, just to kind of look at this week here really quickly uh, and some of the matchups that we have going on in uh, week. Uh, this is week four of college football, but this is week one of the SEC. Um, so is there anything – out the gate that I mean, Florida and Ole Miss, I mean, has got for it. I don't even know how it's a noon game, by the way, but Florida Ole Miss, I feel like is a really good matchup here. Um, and possibly even the uh, Kentucky at Auburn game. Yeah. I like, I like both of those. Um, yeah, I think both those would be some pretty good matchups, especially Florida Ole Miss. Uh, you know, we'll have a Lane Kiffin debut. Uh, he's back in the sec after his stint at Tennessee. Um, now he's in the West, so we'll we'll see what he can do. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be coming in with no pressure as far as Ole Miss goes, uh, and I think that's all season. Every team, every team they play, they're going in with no pressure, uh, going to be going in trying to have a good time and see what they can do. Um, 
you know, Florida is going to, you know, Florida has expectations this year. Um, it's the first game. Uh, you know, we're going to see how it shakes, but it should be a good one. And same with, um, and I'll tell you, with the with the Auburn-Kentucky, I, I, I expect the Bo Nick show early. Um, and, and that's all I'll say about that. Hey, I, I believe in Bo Nix. I think especially now with your offensive coordinator being Chad Morris, it's, you know, it's going to be he, – he may end up being the top quarterback in the league. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's he's going to be pretty good over there. Um, do you have any nerves as far as, like, Mississippi State week one uh, down there in the in the bayou? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, Mike Leach brings, you know, a system that is not widely used in, in this particular conference. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we adjust. Uh, we are going to have a younger secondary than, than usual. Um, so these guys are going to have to bring their lunch pails and be ready to play. Um, I'd say Mississippi State, they they got, you know, like we mentioned, um, KJ Costello, the the Stanford transfer, and also a, a top, top running back in Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill, who who Mike Leach is gonna have to find a way to use. He doesn't run the ball that much um in, in his offenses, but he's gonna have to find a way to use this kid if he wants to win football games. And uh, you know, if if that kid has a good enough game, it may start in week one, but hopefully not, you know. Also, shout out to 25,000 people who are going to be able to be in Tigers as well. So, yeah, yeah. Shout out to them for being able to do that safely um, in the great state of Louisiana. Yeah. Did you see, um, did you catch any of um, Clemson Citadel this week? Uh, I did not. I did not. They had a nice little setup. Um, I don't know exactly how far apart because they basically had people like front and back kind of all the way going down, but I think they were skipping rows. Okay. Um, you know, definitely like the, the seats were like, they had like some were like two together, some were four together, depending on how many tickets you got. Um, yeah. So, but uh, everybody had the, the, you know, the classic seat backs that you can get uh, as a NIPTA member with Clemson. So uh, everybody who got a ticket this year got a seat back and that's kind of how they have all the seats marked. Uh, it was kind of cool to see, you know, I, I wanted to kind of go this episode without talking much about Clemson, but uh, you know, since you mentioned that you guys are having fans this week, um, you know, we had 19,000 and uh, they seem to have it, have it kind of figured out as far as uh, making sure everybody uh, was able to attend the game safely. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. No, you know, uh, hopefully after these first couple of weeks, uh, all these schools can continue to phase that part of the game back into it. Cause it's, it's, it's so important and so vital to, to these games and to these atmospheres. So um, hopefully we can keep it going. Most definitely. So um, other than that, I mean, everything else, uh, you know, you have a possibly interesting matchup and I use the term interesting very lightly, uh, you know, with the primetime game that night uh, at seven 30 um, on the ESPN network, it's Tennessee at South Carolina, Tennessee's ranked number 16 right now, but did you see who they announced as their starting quarterback? I actually did not. Was it was it Garantano or it is good old JG, Mr. Garantano? Yes, wow, sir. Wow, wow. Um, hey, you know this is. I mean, this is it. I, I gotta imagine this is uh this this should be his fifth year. I, I think. Um, this is it. I mean, fifth year senior. He's 
you know, he's battled. He's, uh, you know, he's hung in there. He's, he's, he's taken a lot of criticism over the years uh, from his, his, his fan base, from SEC fans, college football fans in general. Um, so, you know, I, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the guy to be able to turn around and, and, and have a good year. So we'll see. Well, I know you remember that one play, though. That was a bad play. You remember that? Oh, is that the one when, like, the coach, like – Oh, man, he, he, he called his own number, and, yeah, coach is ready to rip his head off. Yeah, yeah, I remember bad. that. I remember that. And shout, shout out to the Gamecocks. I know, I know, I know, I know you're a Clemson man, but I got a lot of I got a lot of Gamecock homies, man. So shout out to shout shout out to shout out to South Carolina, man. I've been to, I've been to uh, 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 Williams Bryce a couple times, man. I've seen a couple games, man. <laughs> so shout shout out to them, man. But we'll see what happens, man. But man, now let's talk about old buddy Niven winning the the quarterback job. Uh, What's his name? Holinsky? Oh, dude, Holinsky lost the job. Peep this. Colin Hill is a grad transfer from Colorado State. Colorado okay. State's former head coach is Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo is now the head, uh, the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. So this, this is literally his quarterback from last year. So there you go. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, but it's still, still, it's just like, ah, oh, man. I hate that for Holinsky, actually. I feel bad now because yeah, this guy, I mean, new coach comes in and basically, you know, uh, you know, anoints this guy the starting quarterback. Right. Now, granted, you know, Holinsky is a, is a sophomore. Um, possibly, you know, this guy starts and Holinsky plays four games and then you can still redshirt, right? That's true. Yeah. So, um, he still gets some some game time, but he also contains some some eligibility and uh, you know something that he might be able to use in the future if he needs to use like a you know that extra grad year and so on and so forth. So we'll see what happens, but his route would be one to to keep an eye on. Interesting about Colin Hill here. Yeah, he's actually from South Carolina. He's from more South Carolina. Okay. Um, so, so coming back home, I mean, that's cool. Um, you know, because I know you say he was at Colorado State. So, I mean, he had to go a long way from home uh, for his first few years of college. So, I'm, I'm sure he's excited to be back. At least he doesn't have to lose to Clemson. So, I mean, there's something positive to look at here. But uh, he looks like he's trying to match uh, Trevor with the hair game, man. I, I'm, I'm looking at this guy's picture right now. He's got the locks. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I did see he had the he had the, had the hair flowing as well. Okay. So, yeah, he's out here, man. Um, you know, young sunshine. Oh man, well, you know, while we're talking about them, let's look at their schedule. So they play Tennessee week one, then they go on the road to Florida. That's a loss. Um, you may be looking at zero and two out the gate. Um, then they go to Vanderbilt. They should win that. Yeah. Um, play Auburn at home. That's a loss. So you're one and three. Play LSU on the road. You're one and four. Texas A&M at home. You're one and five. Ole Miss on the road. Uh, you're probably one and six. Missouri at home. You should be two and six. Um, Georgia at home. You're two and seven. Uh, Kentucky on the road. I'm looking at a two and eight schedule right here for South Carolina. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the schedule as well. I mean, yeah, Mizzou, Mizzou and Vanderbilt. 
Colin Hill's going to have to come out here and prove prove me otherwise. But otherwise, yeah, I'm looking at two and eight, and hopefully, hopefully, I'm wrong, man. Because when we actually play them again next year, I want a formidable opponent again. I'm tired of running through those guys. You know, no, I mean, they had their run. Y'all are having y'all's run. You know, it it it'll it'll balance itself back out eventually. I tell you what, little fun fact: this game's. They're playing, uh, you know, and I'm trying to take your route, not talk about LSU too much today, but last time that they were at LSU, since they're at LSU this year, last time they were there, uh, Leonard Fournette ran all over them so bad that by Monday, um, um, their coach, uh, what's his name? Is that when Spurrier oh, got canned? Spurrier, Spurrier. He, he, he retired, man. He, he, he didn't He didn't get canned. He quit. He yeah. quit, man. Leonard Fournette forced this man to quit, man. I'll never it, forget it, man, because I talked oh, so much man. trash that Monday. Like, yo, we oh, made y'all coach quit, bro. Oh, man. You, man, you were preaching to the choir. I'll never forget that. Oh, man, it was great. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Leonard Fournette, man. But, I mean, no, nah, man, let's talk LSU. I mean, I know you're trying not to talk about them too much, but it's SEC week. You guys are the defending champions. Um, you know, you guys definitely probably have one of the toughest schedules um in the actual not just in the league but in the country i mean there's going to be a stretch here uh where you play just as i'm looking at it right now you got three top 10 uh matchups in in four games um and and then f- four and six games so i mean you got uh just to kind of go over the stretch this is going to start happening in midway through october i mean your first three weeks you got mississippi state at home vanderbilt on the road missouri um at home that should easily be three and up. Um, right. You got Florida on the road, uh, October seventeenth, um, and then you'll get uh, you'll get South Carolina at home. Um, but that Florida game, you know, that could prove to be obviously a test. And then you go on the road to Auburn. So just that 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 three week stretch, you know, having having to go to Florida. You play South Carolina, which can be, you know, a little bit of a, a kind of a breather. But even them, I mean, they're not. Yeah, I mean, it could be, I, I it could be tricky. I know I trash them, but, you know, they, they could always sneak in. But then going to Auburn on the road, and then after that you got Bama at home. I mean, that's just – that four-week schedule has got to no. be tougher than any other month's schedule, like, out there. Now, see, the the one the one loophole in that four-game stretch is that in between Auburn and Bama – Oh, they got the bye week. Yeah, LSU, yeah, like, LSU and Bama always have a bye week before they play each other every yep. year. Both teams always get a week off before they play each other. So it's they'll be they'll be preparing for two weeks. We'll be preparing for two weeks and then we'll come come together on the fourteenth in Baton Rouge, hopefully. Well, luckily. So um yeah, trying to trying to, you know, go two years in a row on these guys. Now what what will be interesting to see is who's starting quarterback for Bama by the time that rolls around. You know, I didn't talk about much earlier, but yeah, I mean, do you think there is a possibility that Bryce Young does come up and, and overtake that job. Maybe not necessarily, you know, kind of in the Tua fashion where it was in the championship game, but somewhere in the middle of the year. Yeah, um, I could see it. And, you know, a lot of it obviously is going to depend on um, how Mac Jones plays, right? You know, so if uh, if he's balling and, and, and making it happen and these guys are, you know, undefeated and he's making an impact, he's, he's not going to come out. But, you know, if he's kind of getting dragged along and, so on and so forth, uh, you know, things could be interesting. But 
I mean, they have a hell of a team. I mean, I mean, they have a hell of a team. Uh, just thinking, I'm, like I'm, I'm sitting here right now, and I'm thinking about Mac Jones, and then I just remember that he has Najee Harris standing behind him, and it's just, you know, wow. Yeah, he's got Najee Harris behind him. On one side of the field, he's going to look over. He's going to see Devontae Smith. On the other side of the field, he's going to look over and see Jalen Waddle. So, yeah, like you have to, you have to royally not be good at football to mess this up, to mess up Alabama. Right. Right. Uh, I, I could really see him being, uh, you know, being kind of like a, like a McCarran style. You know what I mean? Like got, got a, got a, you know, got a good arm, um, got some NFL, you know, potential, but maybe not first round pick starter. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I like, I liked him a lot. Like what I saw last year, I mean, shoot, I would take him on my roster. I mean, I think he could be a good player. I think he is a good player. I mean, so, you know, We'll see what he can do, um, but he, yeah, he he got a lot of McCarron in his in his game to me. Let's go ahead and um, talk about possibly a team that you know we've been talking about the guys who are obviously going to be threats. Is there anybody in the league that nobody's talking about right now that you could see come up and possibly win the league outside of you know your Alabama, your Georgia, your LSU, and I'll even throw in you know maybe your Auburn in there. Um, to actually win the league, yeah, win the whole thing. Why not, man? You know what? How about um Tennessee, man? Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah. Good I mean, you know, yeah, OJG. We just talked about him. Uh, you know, having having a good year, maybe. You know, finally, maybe they're all putting it together. This is this is his, his last chance, his last hurrah. Um, you know. Who knows? He might mess around and 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 throw a wrench in the East and and make it happen. So we'll we'll see. That's that's my that's my that's my reach pick. I really like Ole Miss. Um, I think they can be just a dangerous team under Lane Kiffin. Um, you know they they always get talent. Um, you know, obviously they had a few years where um, recruiting has kind of taken a hit with uh, with you know the some of the things they've had to have gone through with, uh, you know, um, old regimes, but, you know, Lane Kiffin is the guy that can go in there and kind of revitalize that team and kind of, kind of get them back into winning ways. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Ole Miss is definitely, uh, definitely dangerous. I, I think we, I think we even mentioned that we, I think we mentioned that on um, a couple episodes ago. Um, yeah. John Rice Plumley, a quarterback. Uh, I mean, they, they're going to be okay. Uh, Lenny Kiffin, we know he can scheme it up. Um, he has SEC experience at Tennessee, uh, you know, actually. So, you know, it it's there for him. Um, it's there for him. Uh, and if they play well, and the Mississippi produces so many players as well as far as just the high school ranks and recruiting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if he can take care of business and, and keep some of those guys home for, you know, let's say two cycles, uh, they, they could be on to something down there. Yeah. Definitely interested to see what's going to end up happening. Um, I definitely am, uh, a big uh, fan of, uh, Plumlee, as you mentioned. So he, he's definitely going to be a guy who we're going to have to look out for and see what happens under that Lane Kiffin system and, uh, see what they're able to do this year. When it comes to like who I actually think is going to win the league, I like putting sleeper picks aside. Um, you know, I've, I talked about Georgia a couple weeks ago. 
Um, you know, I know we've talked about LSU quite a bit. I, I really think, though, just kind of looking at it up and down, I think this is probably going to be the year that Alabama is going to kind of go back up the mountaintop. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, they're just there's so many players there. Like Najee Harris came back because he wanted another shot at, at getting back on top because he could have gone to the league. And so they're going to get another opportunity. And I think the the upperclassmen that are on that team are not going to let that go. And I think definitely with what Mac Jones, you know, like we talked about, does bring to the table and eventually Bryce Young, um, it's just, you know, there's really no stopping what they can do. And if they put their full, you know, pedal to the metal this year after what happened last season, I think there's just no stopping uh, a team like Alabama. Yeah, no, I mean, um, Alabama's definitely going to be a good team this year. Uh, they got a key addition back in Dylan Moses, who was out with a knee injury all last year on that defense. So that is a huge cog to the machine they have coming back. Um, so they're low on both sides when you think about him. And Pat Sertain Jr. At, on, on the corner. Um, and, you know, the D, the D line and, and the linebackers always just kind of seem to rotate in and out first round pick after first round pick. So they're going to be a good team. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier about their receivers and we know who the running back is. So um, it's all going to come down to that quarterback play. And we, we've seen it before in the past with Bama. All, all Bama have to do from the quarterback position is be serviceable and, and, and they can win big. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. But you know, I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm going with my boys to to defend their SEC crown, man. So I hear you. Um, I really am. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of people are, um, are, are, are doubting LSU. Um, you know, which I, you know, I get it. They had a incredible, unreal year last year, um, and you know, a lot of people may. think, Think that that's like a, a you know the standard which it should be for for us and you know I, I think it's just going to be a, a different kind of year um, similar results just in a different style uh, you know Miles isn't about to come out here and throw for sixty touchdowns like Joe did you know what I mean but um, yeah if he comes out here and throws for thirty five I mean yo you know that's it's pretty that's good. still a hell of a year you know what I mean so it's just it's like three yeah again. I mean it's, it's I mean yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to come out here and uh, have an even better run game than last year and just kind of prove a lot of people wrong. I don't know. We'll see. That's enough about them. I don't want to talk about them too much, but they'll, they'll be all yeah, right. Yeah, but that's your, that's your pick. I mean, that's your pick to win the league. That's fair. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I know you guys are going to be from – it's all going to come down to that one game again uh, as far as who's going to win the West and then – probably eventually win the whole thing. Um, and, and obviously it's always kind of a toss up, but I, I think this, yeah, I think for me, I mean, I think this is going to be Bama's bounce back year. Um, and I hate it because I don't like Alabama. I'd rather see you guys, but um, you know, my, my gut is just telling me to go with them for this pick. So, um, you know, free tuition SEC picks for the year. Um, Malone's going back with the, the repeat for LSU. I'm going to go back to uh, the traditional powerhouse of Alabama. Let's lock it in. Yes, sir. Now, before, you know, we're getting ready to wrap things up here, um, you know, for this episode. But before we go, um, you know, we've had day one listener that 
uh, actually reached out to us and and gave us a little bit of a little bit, a couple of questions here they wanted us to ask. They wanted our opinion on, uh, on a couple of things here, and uh, I'm really excited about this because you know obviously you know as you heard earlier, we're trying to get um, as much of you guys involved with the show as possible and uh, wanting to get more and more. Uh, you know, obviously some of these polls that we have going out where you can call into the hotline or you can always email us, reach out to us on Twitter. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Um, you know, if you ever want something that you want us to bring up in the show, I mean, we're always here for uh, your feedback and uh, want to know what you want to uh, hear from us. Uh, so right now we have two questions uh, that um, we have here. Uh, the first one being, uh, of course, with a lot of the top guys opting out and the late season start for some of these conferences, will the crown champion of this 2020 college football playoff season uh, have an asterisk spot? Malone, I want you to uh, go ahead and take the lead on this one. For me, I think we're definitely in a, in a different year. This is not the norm that we've had every single year. Um, but for me, the, the, there's, there's no asterisk. Um, everybody, every team is going through something. Every team is losing players. Um, you know, every team's going to have players that test positive for COVID. You know, we're, we're all dealing with it. We're all having to, you know, go through different challenges. So uh, th there's no asterisks for me. Um, you know, if, if you win, you win. You deserved it. You made it through this gauntlet. Um, you might deserve two trophies. You know what I mean? This is this is unprecedented. I mean, I think we're going to get some of uh, I think we're going to get some some good football, um, especially down the stretch here. So that's that's my feelings on it. I agree, um, you know, because at the same time, I mean, I know we talk about like, you know, guys opting out and we talk and the, the other thing with some of the conferences starting late. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's going to be, you know, the Big Ten, obviously, let's talk about them because they're the ones that are starting late. I mean, they've chosen to go this route for a reason and they're going to be ending just in time to get in the playoff. Um, so they're doing everything with the purpose that they want to be in the playoff. If there was going to be an asterisk, why would they do it? Um, so aside from that, I mean, you have teams that, you know, a lot of them have the same advantages aside from, you know, some of them have, you know, fans in the stands and some don't, but even then those teams that don't, you have like this auto, uh, auto generated, uh, you know, noise factor that's supposed to simulate having the crowds there. So it's not like you're actually, it's kind of like you keep alluding to you. Uh, you mentioned it week one. You mentioned it last week that it's kind of got that just NBA bubble type feel. We're not putting an asterisk on that um, because that's really, you know, who's better, who's the best team. And it's going to be the same thing here. So I'm not going to put an asterisk by it either because um, at the end of the day, it's football. You know, you're either good or you're not. You're going to go out there and you're going to play the game how you've, been, how you've practiced and how you've trained and how you've prepared. Um, you know, you stick to a game plan, whether there's fans in the stands, whether there's no fans in the stands, no matter who's lined up against you, no matter who's not lined up against you. So players opting out, I don't think any of that matters. Um, whoever is crowned champion uh, should be recognized as a deserving champion without an asterisk. And that's what it is. Uh, the next question we got here is who do you have as your breakout freshman in college football? So I've got two. Um, I really no, have three. I have three, actually. I, I'm a, I'm a, I have three. Um, oh. Now, I mentioned this earlier. I really, really, really wanted to go the episode without 
talking too much about Clemson, you know, because obviously, I mean, they they did what they were supposed to against the Citadel. They won 49-0. Um, they uh, we have a bye week this week, not playing anybody. So I really didn't want to talk about them at all. But with this question, uh, you know, it kind of forces my hand because I think two of my top three freshmen are actually on that Clemson defensive line. Um, Miles Murphy is playing absolutely out of his mind. Uh, the guy leads the team in tackles, sacks, and force fumbles. He's got the only force fumble on the team for the year. He's got two sacks for the year. He's got nine tackles, leads the team in all those categories. And Malone, you and I kind of talked about this separately. Um, that's not something that just a freshman comes in and does on a team like Clemson, which is a perennial top five defense every single year and most notably known for how stout their defensive line typically is. Agreed. No, I mean, um, he's definitely out here balling. For a freshman, um, I mean, for anybody really, but especially for for a freshman on a stacked team as it is, so there's definitely something to say for that. Yeah, and so and then the other guy uh, that's also lined up with him is uh, freshman Brian Breezy, which you know, I mean, what can I say? The guy, the guy kind of speaks for himself. He's the next coming of JJ Watt. Uh, guy can line up in the middle on the line, can line up on the end of the line. He's gonna push you over no matter what. Um, he hasn't got, I feel like, the playing time that Murphy has had because, uh, you know, Murphy, Justin Foster's been out, so that's opened up a little bit more playing time on the end, whereas uh, Breezy's kind of been playing a, a tackle for right now. But he's another guy, I mean, he's just so, he's incredibly forceful, like he's going to will his way uh, into any quarterback's pocket uh, and cause a lot of disruption down there. So, I had to kind of keep it biased with those two picks. Just and and in all honesty, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. I just think that they're, you know, I mean, obviously you're looking at two of the top ten players uh, in the recruiting class, and you know, you just got to look at the work on the field. Um, they've both kind of been showing out for the first two games. Uh, there's a lot of freshmen that we haven't seen yet. You know, players that are uh, coming in for Ohio State. You know, a guy that we're getting ready to mention here. I'm sure both of us in a moment. I was not gonna. I was gonna try to leave LSU out of it, but since we're here, Ari Gilbert is uh, the highest-rated tight end prospect to ever come out of high school. So it's it's um, you know, if you listen to any interview, any preseason interview, read any preseason article about um, you know LSU and what's going on and what the coaches have to say. Um, who's standing out? Ari Gilbert is the first name out of a lot of people's mouths. I mean, that's coaches, teammates, um, everybody. Uh, we have, you know, a fifth-year linebacker. Um, his name is Jabril Cox, uh, who actually is a grad transfer in. And um, he said that he thinks that, that Ari Gilbert could be the best college football tight end of all time um, if he just, you know, keeps his head on straight and keeps going. Um, huge statement. Huge statement. Yeah, huge statement. Um, and, and, and from all indications from my reports and, and the people I keep up with, uh, he's going to be a huge part of the game plan from, from week one against Mississippi state. We're going to see him making plays. So uh, I, I cannot wait to, to see him on Saturday and to see what he can do because uh, the hype has been consistent and I just want to see if the hype is real. 
the tight end position is so tricky because it's like it's really one of the very few positions where you have to be absolutely great in two things to be successful. A lot of these other positions, you just got to be great at one thing. You know, if you're a quarterback, you got to be great at throwing the ball. If you're a wide receiver, you got to be great at catching the ball. But to be a great tight end, you got to be great at catching the ball and also uh, blocking. Now, just from what you know about the kid, does he favor one or the other, or is he kind of just uh, the whole package? I can't just do both. You just line him up there and he goes. From uh, from all indications, this kid is the complete package. He's a road grader, and then at the same time, I mean, he's he Scott man. They're lining him up in the tight ends position to to catch balls. They're lining him up in the slot to catch balls when in a, in a three wide receiver set uh, set, and they're lining him up on the outside. In the three wide receivers, so like he, he's he's literally all over the field. All he can over. do everything. Like they, you know, um, the guy runs like a four or five man. He's two hundred and fifty five oh, wow. pounds at six five. Um, yeah, like the reason this guy's like LeBron out here. Yeah, they, I mean, I mean, Ogeron, a little shorter LeBron, but Ogeron calls him Megatron, like like Calvin Johnson. I mean, he's um, you know, when they recruited him. They they told him that they're gonna let him play receiver as well, and that's been a part of the plan. So we're gonna you're gonna see him at receiver as well. I know we kind of went biased on these picks, but I I, I think got two more. I got two more that aren't biased. More. Throw them at me. Um, the first one is gonna be uh, Zach Evans at TCU. Um, he's a running back. Uh, I really like Zach Evans. I re- I remember because he was committed to Georgia, wasn't he? Indeed, indeed, he was committed to Georgia and and got out of that commitment real late in the game um, and ended up staying home in, in Texas and playing for TCU. Uh, you know, he's going to be the guy. He's probably going to be – he's probably the most talented player on offense on the team already, if I had to guess. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm expecting him to show out. And my uh, my second one is Rakeem Jarrett at Maryland. He's a, a wide receiver, was committed to LSU for a while up until the – early signing day deadline and then he flipped to Maryland which is his hometown school um but he's their their wide receiver one um and yeah I'm, I'm expecting him to show out uh just out the gate there so those those are my two I'll take one back um I think and I'm only doing I'm doing this out of uh I have a, a little bit of love here, but, you know, I think a guy who can kind of step up and and uh, make a name for himself, maybe not necessarily in week one or week two, but a guy that you and I are both very, uh, very aware of is uh, South Carolina defensive end Jordan Birch. Um, I don't think he got the starting job. If uh, if I'm, I remember looking at the depth chart correctly, I'll have to go back and look. Um, but uh, But obviously, I mean, He's a guy that has so much talent over there that they haven't seen in quite some time um, that you got to believe that at some point he's going to make his way into the starting gig over there. Yeah, no, um, Mr. Birch, uh, yeah, he's 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 definitely going to be playing. Uh, they may just ease him into it, um, you know, start him in with some some pass rush packages, some third down packages, and, and, and see how he adjusts and how he's ready for the game. But, yeah, I would expect him to uh, – be a, a, a big time part of the plans there for for um, um, Muschamp's defensive scheme over there. Well, all right. Well, uh, Malone, this episode is uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. I'm really excited because 
you know, now we get just one more league into the mix. We got one more coming up here in a little over a month uh, when we get to the Big Ten. And I'm sure when that time comes, we'll have something kind of like this here for the Big Ten and uh, try to get everybody in and see what they want to do as far as their picks for then and, and kind of give a breakdown on that season. But right now, I mean, we got the most dramatic uh, league coming into play this week and uh, a lot of huge games over the next few weeks. Uh, and, uh, I mean – this has been a lot of fun, man. I'm really glad we were able to get to do this. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, uh, another week, another episode, man. Um, uh, you know, always enjoy uh, getting on here with you, man, and, and, and talking some some football. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I had a lot of fun. I hope the listeners are, are enjoying this, this season so far and um, enjoy, you know, this SEC football this weekend and all the football this weekend. And, you know, we'll see you all next week. Absolutely. This is free tuition. Uh, we're out of here after uh, week four and uh, you know, we'll see you next week for week five, which will be episode four for us. These numbers are all so crazy and kind of out of whack, but uh, either way, uh, you know where to find us free tuition. We're out.